Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gears, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And today, I've taken a second look at the game. and I, I looked at it from less of a, wait, what's going to happen? How is this going to play out standpoint? And more of a, what is happening? How did we get to the result that we got to? What happened? What parts played well? What parts didn't? Because there is an intrinsic bias to look at what happened to look at a close game against a group of five team despite being named one of the top 15 teams in the nation preseason coming in there's going to be a bias to say what we did wrong and and it, the, the sky is falling and we didn't do anything right and all that good stuff however i strongly disagree and after looking at this game again i feel much better about this team than i did immediately after watching and I'm going to tell you why on today's episode of Lock On Wolfpack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So for those of you watching this episode right now, I tell people all the time, week one is filled, and I mean loaded, and I mean stuffed to the brim, and overflowing with overreactions. And so here, being in the spaces, seeing what's being talked about on social media, seeing what the media is saying about this team and all that, seeing all of those things leads me to, it, it led me, I was going to rewatch the game anyway, but I rewatched the game from a, a standpoint of, what went well and what didn't. And in doing that, what I saw was that this team is in very good shape. And I know what you're thinking. Nobody wants to hear that after a one-point win against um, an ECU. Nobody wants to hear that. I, I get that. I understand it. Trust me. I'm right there with you. Nobody wants to hear that. However, there are a ton of things that put me in a very clear, very direct headspace for this team is going to be just fine. The, the biggest reason, of course, that I've already talked about is that Devin Leary's not he, – expecting him to perform this poorly on a regular basis means that you're expecting him to fall off a cliff, in essence. means that you're expecting him to be worse than he's been at virtually any point – I'll say this, worse than he's ever been with a full um, offseason where he was the starter. And that's just, that's a little asinine. Like, players don't just randomly fall off cliffs as they get older. That does not happen. That just doesn't. It, in extremely rare cases when there's off-the-field stuff, when there's other things going on, when there's, like, um, a player that doesn't want to stay focused, player that's too wrapped up in drugs or always gets suspended or all those types of things, sure, you see that. As far as I know, you don't have any of that with, with Devin Leary. So I'm not seeing the same types of, of things in terms of like, oh, it's going to be a problem uh, for him to reach his expected level of play. And again, I said when I was talking to um, when I was talking to Alex Sawyer about what this team could be going forward and does Devin Leary have another level to hit, I think it's really difficult to say that he'll hit another level, but to expect him to be who he was last year, I don't think that that's ridiculous at all. And not only was it that Devin Leary's performance was poor, but when you look at 
the circumstances around his poor performance. That is what also gives me a ton of hope for this team. When you think about a quarterback performing poorly, you generally can look at uh, three areas that are like, I mean, hey, you're going to make your quarterback exponentially worse by not doing these three things. Number one, were there drops, were there misalignments and misassignments by the receivers? Overwhelmingly, that answer is no. You look at what happened on this team. You have maybe arguably one play where Devin Carter um, could have done a better job of securing one touchdown catch. But even with that, even with that ball, it was floated too far to the outside, let him too close to the sideline when there was space directly in front. There was space to put that ball directly in front and the safety still couldn't get to it. So there weren't a ton of misalignments, misassignments by the receivers, not noticeable ones at least. And then the second thing you look at is, well, is the running game just atrocious? Is it, Are you having a, a deep struggle in the running game? We have talked about how Demi Sumo has stepped up and shown himself to be a very viable option um, early in the game and continue to throughout the game. Jordan Houston wasn't exactly a slouch either. As long as they weren't inside the five-yard line, our running game was very effective. So that's the next part of the equation. The, the, the wide receivers doing what they're supposed to do. The running game doing what it's supposed to do. Those are two of the biggest parts. But the third and arguably the most impactful part of this how was the offensive line holding up in pass protection? And overwhelmingly, the pockets were clean. These are not turnovers. These are not bad plays. These are not, these things are not moments that you look at in the game and you say, oh man, Devin's turning the ball over because he just, he's under so much stress and duress and, and ECU's coming from everywhere. They're swarming like hornets. That is not what happened. That is not what happened at all. It, if you watch these plays, if you watch them play for play, what happened, how did it happen, what was all the important plays, all that good stuff. If you watch those things out and you tell me, oh, well, Devin Leary couldn't get the job done because he so much pressure, I would like to ask, that's all I would want to know. That's all and that's it. If you look at what happened in this game, you can't tell me, oh, the, the reason that things were so bad was because he was under pressure all the time. I'm going to take you back to the interception at the end of the game. And you tell me if I'm crazy. You tell me if I'm seeing something that doesn't actually exist. Okay. I'm, I'm more than happy. I am more. And when I say more, I legitimately mean more than happy to tell you if, if I'm seeing something I'm not. Look at that last interception with 523 left in the fourth quarter. Look at that pocket. Look at that pocket. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. The nearest defender to him had an offensive lineman between them, and they were about three to four yards away. And he just made a bad throw. He just made an objectively really, really bad throw. So what are we what are we even doing here if there's an argument of uh well, you know, there's there's all these things that went wrong around. No, Devin Leary just had a really bad game. He had a horrible game. He cannot have a game like that for the rest of the year. But my, if I'm betting and counting on this thing to happen, he's not going to have a game that bad for the rest of the year. He's not. Because, again, if you look at the play of the interception, there was a man open underneath there, Thomas, on that play. There was a man 
that broke wide open in the flat underneath that play. And so, uh, again, I'm I'm looking at – I'm not looking at, at this from a standpoint of – or you know what? Tudor might have been covered underneath on that play as well. I'm, I'm not sure. But what I'm looking at there is I'm seeing a situation – where it's very clear and apparent to me this was just a bad game from the starting quarterback, and I would be more concerned if the opposite had happened. If this team puts up 60 points and Devin Leary is going crazy and he's going off and he's hitting everything and he's hot as fish grease, but our defense can't stop a soul. Or if our running game just can't get off the ground and we can't um, melt the clock down no matter what we try to do, that would be more concerning to me than – a situation where the guy who I know, I know for a fact, I, in watching this team and covering this team, one of the best players in the conference, if not the nation, is having a bad game. If every team says, okay, we'll take ECU's blueprint to beating NC State, I would love that for NC State. I would love that for NC State in terms of what teams want to do defensively because, again, the shots were there. The plays were there. It's simply Devin Leary missed him. That's what it was. And again, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. Would I want him to be better? Absolutely. Absolutely. But when I look at what happened in the game, I'm not looking at a situation where uh, I'm like, oh my God, this is just, this team as a whole is, is just so concerning and so problematic. That's not the situation I'm looking at. But again, If this team wants to build a championship season, then they will have to have better performances out of Devin. And that's that's just the reality. And speaking of Bill, let me talk to you all about Bill Barr. If you haven't tried Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. So the next thing that I want to talk about that in terms of like this team will be just fine and and things that I am um, not super concerned about as far as like what we saw. I knew coming in, ECU was returning a a veteran quarterback and a good receiving core and some explosive weapons out of the backfield. I knew that coming in. I knew that they were going to score about 10 to 17 on the starters. I knew that that was going to happen in terms of starting defense. But again, because I predicted this, he stays scoring 42 points. I thought that we would have our starters out and they get a, a touchdown late and all that good stuff to get them to 24 points. The reality is this. I, I, am, I am not disheartened by how our defense played. 
I'm not super elated in, in jumping over the hills and saying, hey, our defense is just indefatigable and they're, they, we everything that we wanted to do, we did it. And we, I'm not going to go that far. But this defense did play near what I was expecting. They played near what I was expecting in terms of, I mean, when you run a 3-3-5, when you run a, a scheme that's based off of creating chaos, creating pressure, all that good stuff, you're going to have one or two plays that bust really, really big every game. That's just the reality. That's just the reality. As much as you would like to see or as much as you would like to not have that happen, it's a reality of the scheme, okay? It's a reality of the scheme. There's no way around that. So with that being said, um, the defense performed near what I was expecting, but the safeties in particular, they played out of their minds for a majority of the game. Lodging balls loose, coming up with interceptions, always being Johnny on the spot. Our safeties did a phenomenal job. Our safeties and nickel corners did a phenomenal job. Our corners, outside corners, there were some plays, especially late. Give me a little pause. Give me a little concern. Give me a little, oh man, here we go again with what we had last year. Not going to lie to you. Not going to lie to you. But with that being said, again, this is a team that all in all, when I look at the totality of who they are, when I look at the totality of what I saw out of this game, I'm feeling all right. And another thing that that makes me feel pretty good about this thing is the way our special teams play. Now, and I'm not I'm not talking about ECU's missed field goals because at the end of the day, a miss a missed field goal that is not blocked has normally has very little to do with the actual rush. Normally has like very little to do with how prolific your rush is or whatever the case may be from that standpoint. However, the ability to block a punt and return it for a touchdown, the ability to have a a return that sets us up in absolutely phenomenal field position um, by Thayer Thomas. These things are the things that I look at and I say, okay, if our special team, again, I'm not expecting us to get a block punt for a touchdown every game. Nah, that's not going to be the case. But if you can get close, if you can scare teams enough to where they prioritize um, protecting the punt over covering. Because let's be honest, if one of the little intricacies about, you know, special teams that many people don't understand is more often than not, you're having to prioritize one or the other. You're having to prioritize, all right, either we're going to really cover this thing extremely well or we're going to protect this thing well. All you got to do is put on tape once, twice, at max three times, and all of a sudden teams are extremely concerned about how do we protect the punt? How do we protect the punt? How do we make sure the punt just gets off? We just need to get it off, which in turn leads to the big returns, which in turn we saw on the uh, big return by Thayer Thomas, they were in a a, uh, punt safe look because, of course, there was already a block and they were up against their uh, back line in the end zone. So there's this isn't a, a, this shouldn't, come as a shock to anybody the fact that our special teams is one of those things that has me excited and has me like this is a good thing and our if I'm looking at our offensive line that's another thing that gives me a lot of excitement because they played like a veteran unit they played like a veteran unit aside from a couple of of really bad false starts excuse me and the work on the goal line they played really really well as a unit like I said look at the film Watch the game again and tell me 
How many of those dropbacks Devin Leary was pressured on? How many times did he sell a duck? Not because he just threw a bad pass, because somebody was smacking him in the face or something like that. The reality is this offensive line played a very good game. And so that that puts me in a, a very good position about this team. If I'm looking at how the game went, and you tell me everything that happened, the only thing that I would say I could see happening, the only thing that I would say, yeah, that that about makes sense, I guess, uh, would probably be the fact that there was some struggles in the fact that there was some struggles in in getting a stop late. That was the only part that I wouldn't find super surprising because again, our outside corners, they've just had a rough go at it. But the the inability to lean on a defense. And when I say lean on a defense, I talk about leaning on defenses a lot. If you're a, a person who is deeply enthralled in football, when when you hear someone say leaning on your opposition, that just means when you're running the ball and being physical, okay? Naturally speaking, if you're talking about offensive lines and running the ball, regardless of if you're running a zone scheme, gap scheme, doesn't matter. What it means to lean on a defense is to physically impose your will over them and just reestablish the line of scrimmage a couple yards back. Now, what happens when you reestablish a line of scrimmage a couple yards back again and again and again? It makes it much easier for your running backs, as well as the fact that it makes it harder for their linebackers because now they've got not only are the offensive linemen climbing to the next level, but you've also got defensive linemen sitting in your lap. And then for the safeties and, and everybody, Nichols or whoever else is responsible for run fits, it makes it more difficult for them as well because it extends – the range of the clutter and the trash, it extends the range of it. The fact that we couldn't lean on them in goal-to-go situations was concerning for me. That's concerning. That is something that needs to be cleaned up yesterday. That is something. you. This is a smaller defensive line. We're going to play bigger teams. We're going to play teams that are more stout against the run. We are. I don't care what you say or how you say it. We're in the ACC. We're going to play teams that are more stout against the run. How do we find a way to generate that push, generate that knockback on the uh, at the line of scrimmage? Because if you can, it's going to be a long season. It's going to make for a long season. But all in all, after everything I saw and watching this game again, I would just like to tell a lot of people who are pushing panic buttons and saying we, we didn't deserve top 15 and we didn't deserve all this and that. Let me explain something to you. 70 some odd, um, FBS teams played on the road. I believe it was 70. Only 11 got wins in in week one so far. So that's that's what I'm trying to tell you. This is not again, is this the the outcome that you that I predicted? No. Is this the outcome that I was expecting? No. I was expecting NC State to put this game away much more much earlier than it was and I was expecting NC State to win it not to uh depend on ECU losing it. But with that being said, the secondary played well for the most part, creating turnovers, all that good stuff. Our wide receivers did not have a bad game. Our offensive line did not have a bad game. Demi Sumo came in and showed what he can do. I don't think we got Jordan Houston into a great situation in, in getting him the ball in spots where he can succeed. So I do think the play calling, which at times last year was a big concern, is concerning again. But if I'm looking at this team as a whole, if I'm looking at this team as far as what we saw and what I think they can be, just they're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. I, I think that there's – it's week one. 
There will always be week one overreactions, but I think this team is going to be just fine. And like I said, if teams are kind of on Devin Leary being that bad for the rest of the season, I would love to see them count on that. I would love, I am hoping and praying and wishing that teams are just like, hey, if Devin Leary can make these throws and beat us, then we'll just have to live with that. But what we want is to make him beat us with his arm, is to make him make these throws. I would love that for NC State because if that's the case, I have no doubt in mind Devin Leary is going to get better and they're going to hit every goal that they need to hit. We'll be back in just a few after a word from our sponsors so we can land this thing. All righty, so we're about to land this thing. But long story short, the word of the day is relax. The team knows that this performance was not good enough. Devin Leary knows that this performance was not good enough. Tim Beck knows that this performance was not good enough. The offensive line, especially in goal line situation, knows this performance was not good enough. The defense in the the back against the wall must get a stop situation knows that this performance was not good enough. So the question isn't the question shouldn't be why were they so highly ranked or or how bad is this team or all that good stuff. It's one week. It's one week. It's one week. That's all. One week. Again, we have been conditioned by seeing Clemson run the table, by seeing Alabama run the table, by seeing uh, all these teams go undefeated, that we forget these are 18 to 22, 23-year-olds. Sometimes they're going to have a bad week. Sometimes they're going to do things that, you know, most folks at that age can barely walk and chew gum at the same time. These guys, again, it's a bad game, but you come out of a bad game with a W. You come out of what I believe, what I hope, what statistically bearing out has shown will likely be Devin Leary's worst game of the year. You come out of that with a W. That's all you can hope for here. That's all. Of course, you can want them to be better in a lot of aspects. Of course, you can want Devin Leary to be not saying there's anything wrong with that. Not saying that there's anything wrong with expecting certain things. This team let down my expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the guy who was at the helm let down my expectations. I'm not going to sit here and say that didn't happen. But with them letting down my expectations in this game, I am not ready to write them off as being mediocre, run of the mill. Oh, boy, here we go again. This is this just we just can't get it done. I'm not ready to say that just yet. And you shouldn't be ready to say that either. Thank you all so very much for coming out, Wolfpack Nation. Y'all make this show what it is every single time. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are Locked On Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 